Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice. Fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is October 8th. This is week 6 of the 1909 <laughs> NFL season. My name is Michael Nazarak. I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. With me once again, my trusty sidekick and good friend, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Excellent. I've elevated the trusty sidekick. Wow, I'm, I'm like, does that make me Robin or Cato or what does that make me? I'm not sure. <laughs> no, <laughs> that makes you one of the best, if not the best co-host on the planet. So I'm, I'm looking forward to talking fantasy football with you tonight. So let's get right to the NFL news and notes. First of all, before we get to any notes, the big bye weeks, you know, we've already started a couple of them, you know, with just two teams. Well, this week we've got four teams on a bye. The two teams that were over in London – they get any time a team goes over there, they're getting a bye afterwards. So that means Oakland, Chicago are off on a bye, and Indianapolis coming off that shocking win in Kansas City, as well as the Buffalo Bills have the week off. So if you got any Bills, any Colts, any Raiders, any Bears, sit them this week. They're going to get nothing but a zero for you. Let's get right to the big news notes of the week. And uh, Jay Gruden out as head coach in Washington. It's a uh, Kind of a mess over there. We don't know who's going to be the quarterback there. Uh, Bill Callahan, assistant head coach, is taking over. Uh, he says he wants to run more. So what's the fantasy impact, uh, the big thing in your head, uh, Chris, that you think is going to come of this? Well, the, the fact that he wants to run more is not a surprise. A, that's the way he's wired. But, but B, the thing that really is interesting to me is that Jay Gruden insisted on continuing to pass the ball more often than not. A little bit limited by game script. They fell behind in some games. But – he kept trying to pass the ball when he had poor quarterback play and rotating quarterbacks. All of his receivers and tight ends were injured. It just didn't seem to make a lot of sense that he didn't try to run the ball more. They weren't doing it well, but he didn't really try. So I'm really not surprised this is the case. I think at least short term, this makes Adrian Peterson a little bit viable, um, definitely this week, and we'll talk more about him later. But, uh, you know, I, I mean, this team is still a dumpster fire, and they're still very injured at the skill position, and they're still missing their best offensive linemen. So I, I don't know if it's going to change their success, but it will certainly change the outlook, and I don't think they're going to try to force the ball through the air as much as they did with Jay Gruden's offense. Yeah. Uh, well, GM Bruce Allen uh, is, is taking a lot of heat. Uh, the team has, like, lost twice as much as they've won under him, and basically he's just been seen as a stamp of approval for Daniel Snyder, uh, someone that really shouldn't be running a football team. But, you know, he's the owner and he can do what he wants. 
Jerry Jones is GM, you know, and he runs the Cowboys, but that's a little bit different matter. Anyway, uh, I'm with you on this. Uh, the fact that this 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 team is uh, everyone was knocking my Giants. My Giants are way better than the Redskins, and it's not even close. It's going to be a very interesting game. I think Miami actually has a shot to win this game uh, between uh, Washington and Miami this week. But I'm with you. Uh, I think the running game is going to uh, hold a little bit more fantasy value moving forward. And uh, let's get to the rest of the notes here. Uh, I thought this was interesting. Uh, in, in Philadelphia, Doug Peterson uh, is talking about the RBBC there. And Jordan Howard has scored four times now in the last two games. And it's kind of trending as the teams lead back. But he says that, hey, uh, you know, that's the way it goes right now. But if Miles Sanders gets hot, you know, it's not like they're going to bench him or anything. It is still RBBC. Uh, uh, Darren Sproles are, uh, hurt himself, caught injury, so he's going to be out for a while. So it looks like it's just going to be down to these two. So if you've got both, uh, Chris, Howard and Sanders, uh, and you got to start one of them this week. Are you starting Howard? Is that a, is that a fair complaint there? Well, this week it's it's kind of hard because they got a really tough run defense, obviously in the Vikings. Um, I actually mm-hmm. think this might be a game where they they have to throw the ball a little more, which doesn't necessarily mean Miles Sanders is in there more than Jordan Howard. Um, so I, I really don't know what to make. It's just a tough matchup. In fact, the Eagles have about a string of five or six straight really tough matchups for for running backs. So. Um, it's, it's one thing you got to remember that Jordan Howard racked up some of these good numbers the last three or four weeks against some pretty poor run defenses for the most part. So take it with a little mm-hmm. bit of a grain of salt. Look forward to those games weeks 13 through 17 when they've got great matchups. I think it's going to be something that I would rather play Jordan Howard by far for fantasy right now. But this week and the next few weeks, eh, none of them really excite me a whole lot. Okay, uh, moving on over to the Saints. Uh, uh, well, Jared Cook, uh, you know, kind of a big disappointment to date until this past Sunday when he finally caught more than just a couple of passes and actually scored. Uh, Terry Bridgewater blew up. Uh, they kind of took the reins off him. He threw four touchdown passes. Drew Brees is nearing a return. They showed him on Instagram throwing. I took a look at it. He's still shaking his thumb when he throws. But uh, it looks like he's uh, closer more than probably a couple of weeks away rather than four or five weeks like they originally thought he'd be from from right now. But it looks like it's Teddy Bridgewater's team. Anyway, the Saints are saying they want to get Jared Cook more involved. So if you got Cook and I got him on one team, uh, do you you consider starting him now? Because I started him week one, didn't see much, sat him. I've got Mark Andrews on that team, and I've been going with Mark Andrews. But say you've got Delaney Walker, who's not been doing much the last couple of weeks, and Garrett Cook. Who are you going to start this week? I, I think I might trust Jared Cook a little bit more, especially for the for the short term. You know, you, you mentioned he had a good week this week, find the end zone. He's actually had six targets each of the last few weeks, and and six or more three of the last four games. So I, I do think he's he's getting some action, and I do think Teddy Bridgewater has a long history of utilizing the tight end heavily from his days in, in Minnesota as well. So I think it's a good safe bet that he is going to be back. Maybe not to what we might have expected if. if we expected Jimmy Graham circa 2014 numbers from him, but I think it's certainly going to be very serviceable and with with some upside, especially in light of some of the matchups they have coming up that are very pass-friendly and very tight end-friendly, especially that Cardinals game in Week 8. Yep. Uh, so, in other words, if uh, Jared Cook's on your waiver wire because somebody got frustrated and dropped him, then oh, yeah. obviously he's a good pickup. 
this week. Another one to, to actually consider and probably might be available in a lot more leagues uh, is Chris Herndon for the Jets because they get back both Sam Darnold and Herndon coming off suspension. People kind of forgot about this guy. Well, he caught like 71% of the passes thrown to him, far, far more than any other receiver, any of the wideouts all from the Jets from Sam Darnold last year, and they have to pass. They're going to have to pass. They're, they're, uh, you know, they're playing uh, teams this week. Uh, well, they're, they're playing who are they playing the Dallas this week. Uh, coming on, you know, they they just played finished playing the Philly. <laughs> they could have used Sam Darnold in that game, but it's going to be interesting to see this. So, uh, you know, if you're struggling at tight end, don't don't you target Chris Herndon too off your waiver wire? But he definitely should be on a roster. That's a given. A um, couple things to remember: one, he's not a lot to play this week yet, even though he's eligible. That's one thing to remember. The second thing is when mm-hmm. you look back last year, yeah, he he definitely lit it up with Sam Darnold. They had a great connection, and he dropped off when Darnold went out in the lineup and came back in. But they had no wide receivers at that time. All the wide receivers were hurt, and they didn't have Le'Veon Bell or Demarius Thomas on the roster either. So I'm, I think he's absolutely rosterable, but I want to wait and see exactly how he's used in this offense and if that connection is back and if Darnold's healthy before I get real excited about putting him in my lineup. That, so I think this is a grab and stash, but wait and see for, for Chris Herndon right now. Yeah, that's for people like myself that have guys like Mark Andrews or Zach Ertz on your team. Yeah, obviously you can grab and stash, but if you got Delaney Walker who hasn't done much or, or uh, well, and you've been playing the Washington roulette there with Vernon Davis and <laughs> Jordan Reed, Herndon's better than anybody, but obviously you do have to wait to make sure he makes it through the week of practice okay and they activate him before you stick him in the lineup. And uh, the tight end position just got one uh, spot weaker with the, with the torn ACL suffered by James O'Shaughnessy uh, we were kind of joking about him earlier this year because call him a, uh, John Holly called him a REM sleeper in week two, and he actually scored, and then he scored again, you know, and he was becoming pseudo-dependent, you know. Uh, you could actually pick him up and get some. Well, he's torn his ACL. He's gone for the year, so Jeff Swain's going to take over that role, and there's not quite the uh, trust and the connection that it has with Gardner Mishu that O'Shaughnessy has, so that's one uh, player more down for the tight end position. And one more note before I get to the injury uh, update here. The Titans, Kyra Santos had, I don't believe he had missed a kick or he only missed one or whatnot until this past week's game. And he missed not one, not two, not three, but four kicks. Well, four kicks, four strikes, you're out. And uh, they, they signed Cody Parkey. I couldn't believe I almost fell out of my chair because this is the guy that couldn't make a kick in, with the Bears last, last week, uh, last year. Uh, Chris, Cody Parkey, does that, does that signing shock you? No, not really. I, I read somewhere, and I can't recall exactly what the connection is. He had some history with, with some of the coaching staff or the front office uh, as well. I, I'd drawn a blank on what the connection was right now. So it was obvious that he was going to be one of their top choices. So I, I, I'm not surprised they signed him. Um, he's one of the few guys out there who, who has had some success, although right not, not at the very end of his Bears career, obviously. So, uh, yeah, it didn't mm-hmm. surprise me at all. I think he's in a decent op- uh, opportunity environment to, to make him uh, worth thinking about. Okay. Uh, well, the Titans normally do kick a lot of field goals. They got four chances last week, and you know maybe Mr. Parkey, if he makes the kicks this week, like uh, Mike Nugent missed the first extra point for the Patriots, but then he made a couple of field goals. It looks like he's sticking with them. So uh, you know those are a couple of guys to consider moving forward. Uh, let's move to the injuries here. Well, I already talked about Drew Brees. I think he's going to be only miss probably two more weeks, so we'll see. But it could be anywhere from two to four weeks. 
Uh, Cam Newton out is still out indefinitely. He's not traveling to London. They play Tampa Bay over their early, early game out there uh, in London this coming week. And uh, Kyle, uh, I'm sorry, Kyle Allen is going to be starting that game, not Josh Allen. I'm thinking again, my gals mixed up here. Uh, Patrick Mahomes retweets his ankle, but he's expected to play okay this week. It's going to be a big game uh, once again. Well, I tell you, the Chiefs have a murderous schedule coming up. They play uh, Houston this week, and then they play teams like Minnesota. And, and uh, you know, so it's uh, Patrick Mahomes needs to get back on track, and maybe they might get Tyreek Hill back. We'll see there. Uh, Mason Rudolph, concussion. Uh, that was an ugly play. Looks like uh, Devlin Hodges, undrafted uh, uh, rookie uh, quarterback, is going to be starting for the Steelers this week. Uh, Sam Darnold, we already mentioned, is back. He's already announced as a starter this morning uh, for the for the Jets. Uh, Saquon Barkley, the, the Giants have a lot of injuries. Uh, limited in practice Tuesday, they're playing the uh, Patriots on Thursday. It looks like he's not going to play. And the final word has not been come down yet. He's still limited in practice. Wayne Gallman with concussions pretty much out. So, uh, you know, they're hoping to get Barkley back. Otherwise, it's going to be John Hilleman. Uh, boy, everyone's going to be grabbing guys like Hilleman and Hodges this week uh, to try and stick them in their lineups with these bye weeks. David Johnson has uh, got a back issue. Uh, yeah, uh, David Johnson's got a buy, uh, back issue uh, in uh, in Arizona. He's not a lock to play this week. So uh, if you've got Chase Edmonds on your roster and you have uh, Johnson, hopefully you have the right handcuff. If not, you better grab uh, Edmonds out there, and he might actually start this week. Uh, Rex Burkhead with a foot was limited on Tuesday. Uh, he's pretty much in a backup role behind James White uh, now that the baby's been born, and so uh, he doesn't have much uh, value right now. Uh, Jamal Williams uh, still in the concussion protocol uh, for Green Bay. Trey Carson was promoted from the practice squad and and scored like eight or nine points uh, PPR, so that's another name to throw out to keep an eye on just in case uh, Jamal Williams can't come back and practice later this week. Wide receiver Devontae Adams, Packers, of course, with a toe. We'll see if he practices later this week. Sammy Watkins with a hamstring, missed all but two snaps. Uh, that killed a lot of people fantasy-wise. Uh, we'll see if he practices later this week. This is not the first time that Sammy Watkins has gone into a game kind of gimpy, played one or two snaps, and then sat the whole rest of the game. So you got to be careful with Sammy Watkins there. It's almost like if he's not 100% healthy, uh, it's a big, big risk taking him get a zero there. Uh, oh, by the way, A.J. Green with the ankle, he's out again. So uh, those six to eight week uh, uh, timetable on his uh, ankle surgery in late July. You throw that out the window. We're talking Ju- uh, August. It's well beyond eight weeks now that we're going into this, and he's out another week. Um, the Giants, once again, they're going to be probably down another receiver, Sterling Shepard with a concussion. Keep your eye on Darius Slayton. That's a guy that you might want to consider picking up, either stashing or an emergency play this week. Julian Edelman with the chest limited on Tuesday, and as well as Josh Gordon with the knee. Uh, looks like they'll probably both still play. Uh, Brandon Cooks with a concussion. Uh, we'll see if he uh, can practice later this week. Deshaun Jackson with that abdomen hadn't played since week one. Uh, we'll see if he pr- uh, practices and plays. Um, Kenny Stills with a hamstring and uh, for Houston is uncertain there. Danny Amendola with the chest coming off the bye. We'll see if he practices. Christian Kirk with an ankle. Arizona uh, status uncertain there too. And a tight end, Evan Ingram. Boy, the Johns just beat up everywhere. Limited on Tuesday. That's an improvement from sitting on Monday, although they didn't practice. Uh, we'll see what he does tomorrow, but it's kind of very, very iffy there. Hunter Henry's not been ruled out with a knee in for the Chargers. So we'll see if he practices 
contemplated this week. T.J. Hawkinson had a very ugly uh, shoulder-slash-concussion uh, before the bye. We'll see if he's going to come back. I think he might be out another week there. And Michael Badgley is still with the groin injury. They cha- uh, signed Chase McLaughlin, and he kicked. Uh, he, he missed, I think, uh, his first kick was kind of ugly, and then he got it straightened out and made a couple of kicks. So it uh, looks like they might stick with him for a while. We'll see. And we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's expert league Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim redrafter, dynasty, keeper, auction, salary cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, please visit our website, ffmastermind.com. Lots of free, good free stuff there, including free NFL quick bits updated on a daily basis. And we're releasing free Eye in the Sky scanner reports, including those uh, covered the Colts by Chris Rito here. Our weekly fantasy newsletters have been discounted at 1995 for the balance of the season. It includes daily premium injury quick bits, all the information that you want to know about all the injuries as they happen, all the practice reports and such. Expanded picks to click and flick. The market feature on Tuesday, uh, I think I ranked uh, 20 running backs, 20 wide receivers, 14 quarterbacks, 14 tight ends, uh, 10 kickers, and six defenses for the week uh, for you to pick up. Um, of course, our NFL game matchup analysis by John Cooney is unparalleled, and I've added my mastermind moments for all the games this, this year, as well as John Holler's inside slant. Takes a look at specific players for each of the uh, 32 teams, or in this case, the 28 that we'll be playing this week. And, of course, Holler from the Cheap Seats, uh, very entertaining. And he, actually, he takes a look at the top 10 stud running backs this week and how they've been performing so far and their performance in terms of snap counts and such. Very interesting. And please follow me on Twitter, at FFMastermind. So let's get right to week six. Wow, six already here. We're a third of the way through. Well, more than a third of the way through, 17 weeks. Picks to click and flick for this week. Give me a couple quarterbacks you like and why, Chris? A couple of rookies this week. I like Kyler Murray. I mean, obviously the Falcons' defense has been repeatedly burned all season, especially by mobile quarterbacks in recent weeks. And his rushing totals do give him a fairly high floor as he's been above 19 and three-quarter points in every game, despite hardly throwing any touchdowns. When you think about David Johnson maybe being a little limited, I can see them using the short, high-volume passing game even more this week, especially if this becomes a track meet. Worth noting also, all four of his passing touchdowns have come at home so far, so he's got a home game. And then I like Gardner Minshew. Uh, I'm, I'm buying into it. The Saints have been a little more generous against the pass than the run. They've allowed the fourth most points to fantasy quarterbacks, although they've been better recently. And uh, I can see this being a high-volume game for the Jags if they fall behind and the Minshew magic is on display again as they try to bring him back. So he's going to be fantasy viable. Again, a very high floor, 19 is his low point total for the year with a, and a high ceiling guy. 
Okay, a couple of uh, obvious guys this week. Uh, I just really like him. I've, I've got Matt Ryan on a couple of teams, and I like his matchup. They're playing in Arizona. It's going to be high scoring on both sides. Colin Murray's going to get his, and Matt Ryan's going to come back and have his. Uh, you know, I think they both could score 30 plus points in this game. So if you got Matty Ice, roll with him. Uh, Tom Brady on Thursday night against the Giants, a no-brainer play. I think he's going to throw for multiple scores in this game. Uh, Sony Michelle probably going to score in this game too, but I think James White probably going to catch one too. And I think Josh Gordon is overdue. So he's going to score in this game, too. So start Tom Brady with confidence. A couple of guys I'd be careful of this week. Sam Darnold coming back, uh, you know, from uh, the mononucleosis. Uh, he's going to play, but uh, unfortunately he gets the Cowboys this week. They're, it's their quality defense. Uh, not enough time, not enough action. He's been out of, out, of, uh, out of action for a long time, Darnold has. So I think that he's going to struggle to get back into the swing of things, and, and uh, Dallas is going to be able to tee off on him, so be careful there. And Joe Flacco uh, from Denver, every game but, uh, but one, He's thrown for one touchdown or less, and he gets the Titans this week. Very uh, low-scoring game, I think, coming up in this game. So, uh, for fantasy, you want to avoid Joe Flacco. How about a couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why, Chris? A couple of guys that were back-to-back first overall picks. I'll start with Jared Goff. Um, he's really not thrived when pressured so far, and the 49ers can definitely bring some serious heat. Uh, they've only allowed an average of under 12 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks, and they've shut down some real pass-heavy attacks. And they're allowing under 200 yards per game and only five total touchdowns. Goff also has a very poor history against the 49ers, averaging under 200 yards per game in four contests and only once topping 202 yards. So real caution play there. And then the guy drafted the year before him, Jameis Winston. Carolina's done a pretty good job of limiting some explosive passing offenses already, including Winston in week two to 208 yards and a touchdown. I look at four of Winston's last six games against Carolina have also been under 220 passing yards. And in four career home games against Carolina, now that's not a true home game, obviously, he has only four touchdowns and seven interceptions. This looks like a really poor matchup, especially if they try to run the ball against Carolina's poorest run defense. Okay. How about a couple of running backs you like and why? Love Chris Carson this week. Cleveland's reeling. They've hemorrhaged fantasy points to running backs. You couple this with a short week, including travel back from the left coast. This is a recipe for a good, high-volume day by the Seattle ground-and-pound attack especially if the game script allows for it against the 29th-rated run defense. He's really performed well on grass also, averaging well over four and a half yards per carry for his career. And then I do like Adrian Peterson this week. You know, as we mentioned earlier, Bill Callahan said he was disgusted with the fact that they didn't run the ball enough, and he said they're going to do it more this week in the tank bowl against Miami. You know, negative game script's been a main Game script has been a main culprit also, but facing the winless Dolphins in the 31st-ranked run defense is a good way to get healthy against the run. They've allowed the second-most rushes, the second-most yards. I expect an embarrassed and angry Peterson this week to be worthy of at least a flex play, even in PPRs, due to volume. Yep, and I agree with you totally because I'm starting him in one of my FFPC satellite uh, teams uh, this week. Uh, I've got injuries with Saquon Barkley and Gallman out, so uh, go AP. And right along with him, Chris Thompson, I think, in that game because the Dolphins have allowed four running back catching scores already this year. And so if Adrian Peterson is going to score, I think Chris Thompson is going to score too because they're going to need to score more than one touchdown to win this game uh, if Washington is going to win it. And they're probably going to do it with both Thompson and AP. So if you got Thompson, consider him a, a solid flex, uh, decent number three this week. Uh, Mark Ingram. Huge game coming against the Bengals at home. I just think he's going to get all the gold carries. He hasn't been getting all the gold carries, but I think they're going to get in a situation here where they can run the ball and he can push it in, I think, one or two scores in this week. This week. So if you got him, start him 
with confidence. A couple of guys I'm concerned about this week, like you said, Jordan Howard. It's going to be tough sledding on the road against those Vikings, especially when Howard doesn't uh, normally isn't involved in the passing game. He did not have a target last week. I know he had three or four catches the previous week, but uh, that's not the way it really usually rolls with Howard. And I think that also they're going to have t- trouble getting inside the five-yard line there. And so uh, his his options to score in the red zone are going to be limited this week. So this is not a Howard week. And Rex Burkhead, I think, has become an afterthought there. He's also dinged. He's on the injury report. James White's healthy. They got Sony Michelle there, so uh, I don't think Rex Burkhead is going to be worth using against the Giants uh, this Thursday night. How about uh, a couple of uh, running backs you're not crazy about, and why, Chris? I'll start with Devonta Freeman. I do think it's going to be a high-scoring game, but I don't think they're going to run the ball much. The Cardinals give up a ton of rushing yards, but very few touchdowns and receptions, and thus they're in the top ten in fantasy points per game allowed to running backs. Freeman does not do his damage with rushing yards. He does it with receptions and touchdowns. So I think this could be a case where this recently resurgent running back has a very low chance to score. So he's a bit of a caution play for a guy that's been rising. And then I'm going to say Todd Gurley. Um, uh, His touches have been down, but he's remained a very good prime touchdown scorer, so he's retained his fantasy value. However, the 49ers have yet to allow a rushing touchdown this year, and the fewest points per game and receptions to running back, something else he does, and the second fewest rush yards through Week 5. This game could be tight and low scoring. Fantasy points could be tough to hope for, for a very touchdown-dependent guy that you're likely probably starting anyway. And this, this week, I should mention, is also a great test for the matchup-proof guys. Dalvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey, obviously you're playing them no matter what. They play the top two run defenses, so it should be really exciting to see what they can do. Okay, that's right. McCaffrey couldn't get that uh, touchdown first down late against the Bucks in Week 2, and he had his low point. I think, what did he have, like seven, eight points in that game for PPR? It was, it was amazing. I know because I have him in one of my FFPC teams, the 4-1 and one team, and uh, without him, I, <laughs> I don't know where I'd be, but uh, that week he did struggle, and I agree with you there. How about a couple of wide receivers like and why? I like Tyler Lockett again this week. The Browns' secondary is still missing most of its four starters, especially the cornerback, and they can't seem to keep coverage on anyone right now. Lockett is actually top 10 in targets, receptions, and yards since week two after his bad opening game, and he should get plenty of targets and red zone looks again this week. Another high floor, high ceiling guy with a good matchup and a tired defense on a short week. And I really like Cortland Sutton. I know Tennessee's overall stats are pretty good versus wide receivers, but they have allowed double-digit PPR points to two opposing receivers in every game they've played so far. So Sutton has averaged over seven targets in every game, and or has received over seven targets in almost in every game, and he scored three touchdowns the last two weeks. So I'm going to take his high PPR floor and go with a hot hand here with a high ceiling. Okay. Uh, a couple of guys I like uh, are the number one receivers for both the Cardinals and the Falcons this week in a high-scoring game. Like you say, probably not much scoring uh, in terms of the running backs. Julio Jones has been very quiet the last couple of weeks, so I think he gets that back on track against the Cardinals with at least one score, if not two, this week. And Larry Fitzgerald, I think he's going to score against the Falcons. That that defense is uh, – they're taking bad angles to try and tackle people. They're not covering people. I mean, it's just a, a, a mess, a dumpster fire there, the, the Falcons' the secondary. So I like both uh, Julio and Larry this week. A couple of guys I'd be careful about this week. Uh, Corey Davis, Tennessee. Uh, the Broncos defense really put the screws to Keenan Allen this week, and I think that they're going to shut down Corey Davis because uh, he's not anywhere near as talented as Keenan Allen, and so and this game is being played in Denver, too. And the other thing is that I'm really concerned about Emmanuel Sanders, Denver. I know uh, you like Cortland Sutton, uh, but uh, you know Sanders is just really struggling to do anything right now. Uh, the Titans do have a, a good secondary. I just don't see both Sutton and Sanders 
getting having big games this week uh, there against Tennessee. So I'd be careful about Emmanuel Sanders this week. Um, how about a couple wide receivers you're not crazy about and why, Chris? Well, Robbie Anderson's a little bit of an obvious flick because he's really just disappeared with Sam Darnold out and Falk under center. But even with Darnold back this week, he gets to face shadow coverage from Byron Jones against a very angry Dallas team. Uh, this is also probably a good chance to remind folks to think about stashing him or acquiring him cheap for your bench if you can. His schedule after week seven, the Jets schedule is far and away the best for wide receivers in fantasy, especially in the playoffs. So maybe think about Robbie Anderson and Demarius Thomas if they're available on your wire. Uh, and I don't like MVS this week. Uh, Darius Slay, again, one of the top shutdown corners in the game. MVS has struggled when he's been the top option, just like last week against Byron Jones. And even if Slay is limited, the rest of the Detroit secondary is also pretty good. So I suspect the Packers are going to, again, be run heavy this week on Monday Night Football. So low volume, inconsistent targeting in play, make him a pretty unattractive option this week. One minor note, caution play, DJ Chark has been an every week starter. Gets shadow covered from Marshawn Lattimore, who put a big zero burger on Michael Evans last week. And I love DJ Tark, but he ain't no Michael Evans. That's right. I agree with you there. How about a couple of tight ends you like and why? Love Greg Olson this week. Um, he wanted he, or he waxed the Bucks in week two for over 100 yards, and a lot of tight ends have had success this year against them. The Bucks have allowed more catches and as many t- tight end yards as Arizona, believe it or not. Olsen has a great history against Tampa as well with numerous 100-yard games, including his career-high 13-catch, 182 yards a couple of years ago. I'm sure the vet is looking to make amends for the blanking he received last week in Week 5 as well, and he's salivating to play the 32nd-ranked pass defense. So I, I think that Greg Olson's going off. And I kind of like Darren Fells this week. He doesn't have a lot of targets thus far, aside from his heavy red zone use. He did catch two passes last week for touchdowns. The Chiefs might be a little deceiving in their fantasy protection against the tight end as they have allowed the second-most targets to the position, 10 a game, despite playing teams with bottom five tight end systems and talents. So I think with this veteran being in Watson's eye, especially in the red zone, he's got a good chance at some good volume this week as well as the potential touchdowns in a shootout. Good DFS value or bye week filler, I think. Okay, a couple of tight ends I like this week. Austin Hooper, kind of obvious. I mean, he's near the top of the tight ends, but guess what? He's playing the Cardinals. They cannot guard the tight end at all. So Hooper, I think, is along with Julio, is probably going to score at least once, if not twice, in this game. So we got Hooper stardom. And uh, what the heck, uh, Flex, uh, you know, the option if you want, uh, Chris Herndon, uh, you know, he would make sure he practices this week. They activate him and all. But, uh, you know, Darnold gets through the week of practices. Uh, they're going to have to throw in order to beat the, the Cowboys. And they got good corners there. But the tight end could do some damage there. So, you know, if you uh, desperately need somebody, possibly Chris Herndon might help you out this week. A couple of guys I'm not crazy about. O.J. Howard, still not feeling. It's uh, just not a major part of the offense. They get they throw to him one or one or two significant throws downfield, just not connecting. Uh, sit him until he does something. And T.J. Hawkinson, I'm not even sure if he's going to play this week. He's injured, and the Packers defense is very tough against a tight end. That equals fantasy bench in my mind. How about a couple of tight ends you're not crazy about, and why, Chris? I hate your giant Evan Ingram this week. He's got a short week. His knee's a little bit dinged, and he gets the New England secondary. You know, Shepard is likely out. Saquon and Gilman and Gallman are iffy. This means all of Belichick's focus is going to be on slowing down Ingram. Could be a really tough game for a guy. This defense hasn't a lot of tight end touchdown yet and only 11 catches through five games. So a lot of reasons to hate Evan Ingram this week. And I don't like Jimmy Graham. He's a very matchup dependent tight end so far, and he faces a team that's yet to allow a tight end to score a touchdown and has only allowed more than six PPR points to, to tight ends Ertz and Kelsey. You know, Jimmy Graham ain't Ertz and Kelsey. 
each of these guys had their season-low target game versus Detroit as well. So with zeros in a couple of games and three games under three targets, uh, he's too risky for Jimmy Graham for my liking. Okay, how about one-hit wonders at kicker and defense hit me with them, Chris? Well, we mentioned Cody Parkey earlier. Tennessee kicks a lot of field goals. Denver allows the third-most kicker points, so he's a good pickup off the waiver wire. I do like the veteran Matt Bryant. The struggling vet gets the second-most generous to fantasy kicker team. A lot of field goal attempts. And then Mike Nugent is still remarkably unowned for a guy kicking for, for New England. He should be in line for a huge Thursday night game this week. So there's three good options probably on your waiver wire. A couple of defenses, obviously, you got to like Dallas uh, at the Jets. The angry cowpoke's going to unload on the hapless Jets offense and, and a, maybe a little bit uh, under, under-ready Sam Darnold. And then I do like Washington in the tank bowl uh, at Miami. I just think their defense is a lot better than Miami's defense, and Miami has been very generous uh, to, to opposing defenses. Washington's pass rush is actually pretty good, so I think they could cause some damage. Okay. want to remind everyone, a premium weekly newsletter purchase also gets you free access to our subscriber forum where there are nearly 4,000 subscribers registered and waiting to voice their opinions. Thanks for joining us. For Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazarek. See you all next week when we preview week seven. Good night and good luck to everyone playing this week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarek the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.